Welcome to Dominating Your Investments, a podcast where you will learn about stocks, personal finance, and creating generational wealth. I'm your host, Dom Rinaldi. In today's episode of Dominating Your Investments, we're going to take a deep dive into C-Limited, one of my favorite companies to own, one of my top 10 positions. It recently has dropped due to earnings today, and I want to explore what was going on in the earnings call, look at the transcript and see if we can find some underlining responses from Forrest Lee as to where this company is headed and how great the results actually were and how the market had overreacted. So I'm not sure how long the episode's going to be because we're going to get really granular in this deep dive, but I really want shareholders to understand the potential of this company and why it's one of my favorite stocks to hold. So let's dive in. So the first piece is we talked in last episode, in episode 11 with Raul, about Singles Day. November 11th is a holiday for shopping in Southeast Asia and a lot of the different companies like Alibaba and C Limited and JD.com have big sales during this time. And so we outlined in our last episode around the 10x growth that they had and the amount of items sold. They went from 200 million items sold last year to 2 billion items sold this year. And they had an 18x order uplift for the first time local sellers on the platform. They also had a 5x uplift in shoppers outside of big cities. This is huge because they're not only doing well in the big cities, but they're growing in rural areas. And they had 3.5 billion shoppy chat messages on just that day alone. And they're getting into more premium brands, over 50x surge in sales on just this one day. They had a 9x uplift in shoppy pay transactions for their fintech offering. And then they had five and a half times more visits recorded in the first two hours. All around a very successful day in sales, very similar to the holiday of of Amazon Prime that we have here in North America. So a great start to Q4 for the company. Now let's take a look at why was the overreaction on the earnings call today and why the stock dropped. So the revenue guidance grew in their e-commerce space. They had a beat on revenue on the expectation of $2.39 billion dollars they did 2.7, and they had revenue growing year over year 121.8%. Their gross profit also grew 147.5%. These are triple digit numbers, and they've been doing this for almost actually over two years now in triple digit growth. What is C-Limited? C-Limited is a founder-led company by Forrest Lee, who's one of the most successful CEOs of our time now with what this company has done in the short amount of time since it's been founded in 2009. It started out as a video game publisher company called Garena Entertainment. And they were funded by Tencent Holdings as one of their big backers. They actually own 22% of the company. And they've been very successful in doing game publishing, and then creating their own games, including the most popular mobile game for the last two years worldwide called Free Fire. And this part of the business has already been profitable, growing in triple digits for multiple years. And that's fueling the other parts of the business, such as e-commerce, with shop as their e-commerce platform for online purchasing, similar to Amazon. And then they have their Shopee Pay, which is their payment method. And they're looking to grow both of those segments through the margins and growth that they have in Free Fire. And it's not just a game. It's a metaverse, per se. And we'll talk about this. And this culture that it's been growing worldwide and we'll talk about the expansion of how C-Limited has gone from focused on Southeast Asia to penetration into Latin America, and now exploring new avenues in Poland, Spain, France, and India. So 
what makes this company so special is that the founder has created this winning culture that has delivered outstanding results and has this big vision that's mission-driven, which we'll talk about here in a second from the earnings call, on really enabling small and medium businesses to benefit for growth and success in a digital economy through the power of technology. And they actually have more business arms than just Shopee and Shopee Pay and Green. Those are the three largest, but now they're getting into helping the unbanked in Southeast Asia with C Capital. And that's their investment arm. And then they also have CAI for artificial intelligence. And they've even gotten into food delivery. So what we're going to focus on today, this is really targeted more towards shareholders that already carry the stock and maybe are very familiar with it. Because I'm not going to go into any more explanation of what they do. But we're really going to dissect this earnings call. I'm going to read some things verbatim because I want you to pay attention to some of the key words that Forrest used throughout the call and things that we can draw from that and then also talk about the results. So I have the transcript here. I'm using one of my favorite apps, actually. Uh, this is not a paid advertisement. I just like to give them uh, sponsorship in that it's a great tool that, to use for anybody. It's called Fincredible. And Fincredible.ai, it's a platform that you can just get any earnings call literally the same day and listen to it and see the presentation and search for keywords and things that you're looking for within the earnings call. Because it's very important to do your own due diligence when you're researching a company and making sure that you have the conviction in that company. You can't borrow your conviction. You can't buy it from someone else or a stock service. You can get research from a stock service, but ultimately you have to verify what you feel about a company, where you think they're headed, and do the homework. So let's jump into the earnings call. So hello everyone and thank you for joining today's call. C exists to connect communities, enable consumers, and empower small businesses so that more people can benefit from the growth of the digital economy. That's the mission, guys. It's simple, it's direct, and it's impactful and powerful. We continue to scale with efficiency and build deeper connections across our ecosystem. Okay, I love hearing from companies when they talk about an ecosystem or platform. Because what that leads to is net revenue expansion and greater margins and stickiness and network effects within the company for the customers. As this happens, we're bending our total addressable market. Okay, so this is a simple sentence that we could just skip over if you're not too careful. Bending our total addressable market. Forrest gets that by having an ecosystem or a platform we are cross-selling and upselling and growing our overall customer base and the opportunity that they can sell into to their customers. Because if they're using their gaming platform, which they use to also advertise their Shopee Pay in FinTech payment platform, that gets cross-sell, upsell synergies going, which then can lead to also their banking app, which also can lead to their e-commerce site. So you see they're, they're really following a lot of what the Amazon business model looks like. And one of Forrest Lee's inspirations was actually Steve Jobs. And he also mentions Tom Hanks too. So I haven't ever heard him in an interview talk about why Tom Hanks. But Steve Jobs, he has studied how he successfully built Apple and made it into the behemoth it is. And so... We'll get back to the transcript now. It says, we're reporting another quarter of strong results across all businesses in the third quarter. Our results once again demonstrate our ability to capture new and attractive opportunities. At the group level for the third quarter of 2021, we continued to record triple-digit growth in gap revenue and gross profit. Okay, this is a $188 billion company, folks. Having a triple-digit growth in gap revenue and gross profit doesn't happen very often. In fact, it's extremely rare, and they've been doing it for over two years. 
Gap revenue increased 122% year on year to 2.7 billion, while gross profit grew 148% year on year to reach $1 billion. Along with our strong financial and operating results for the quarter, we rolled out more initiatives to empower our users to benefit from the opportunities of the digital economy. Let me share some examples. In Indonesia, we have ramped up our efforts to give local SMEs, SMEs are small and medium enterprises or small mid-market businesses, the resources they need to build successful businesses online, including helping them teach new international markets on Shopee. In recent months, Shopee has opened Shop Expert MSME campuses, so mid and small market enterprises in Solo and Bandon. This composes, if I see now, this is also transcripted here, so there may be some dialect change on some of the grammar, so please forgive me, I'm just reading it straight from the transcript. This composes, if local businesses the resources and training they need to help them scale more effectively and sell internationally. The SMEs have set inventory management systems, marketing support facilities like photography studios, courses on management, and initial and individual training sessions with the Shopee team. So what do we take away from this, folks? It's just like the business model from a perspective of Shopify. They are more successful from an e-commerce perspective if they are enabling their small and medium business owners to understand how to be successful online and cross-sell with their payment systems and how to advertise their products to be successful. So this is one of those business models that is very similar to what we see in online SaaS business of net revenue expansion rate and consumption payment models where if my customer is successful, then I will be successful. And what we've seen in the enterprise and business world over the last decade is getting more customer obsessed and customer focused to drive business, opposed to just trying to turn a quick profit. So We'll continue on here now. In Malaysia, we're working with the government to digitize rural sellers and help boost their sales on e-commerce platforms. We partnered with the Malaysian Communication and Multimedia Commission to use their rural internet centers nationwide to offer free e-commerce training to local entrepreneurs. Since the start of the campaign in July 2021, we have trained and helped more than 6,000 rural sellers nationwide. We also partnered with the Malaysian government as part of the Shop Malaysia online program to promote over 280,000 online and offline local brands and sellers. See, the program aims to further boost the local SMEs participation in the growth opportunity offered by the digital economy. So they are providing use cases here in this call around how they're enabling these different countries and different locales and how they sell and focusing on enabling them with all the tools to be successful, but also they understand that each country is different contextually. And that's one of the things we've seen and why they've been able to achieve triple digit growth because their employee groups that are within these countries understand how to market to the different cultures. In Thailand, we are working with the Digital Economy Promotion Agency the Stock Exchange of Thailand, and the Office of Small and Medium Enterprise Promotion to launch the Digital Opportunities for Talent Projects. Okay, that was a mouthful. So essentially, they're helping in Thailand provide talent projects and helping really enable the enterprise just like they are in Malaysia. This initiative aims to develop digital entrepreneur skills for young entrepreneurs through price, training, and mentoring sessions. Similarly, in Brazil, we have been focused on onboarding more local SMEs to help them sell and grow online. I'm pleased to note that more than 1 million local sellers in Brazil have registered with Shopee since we started welcoming local sellers in mid-2020. Meanwhile, we are mindful that the impact of the pandemic remains a significant challenge in all of our markets. So literally within one year, they have over 1 million local sellers in Brazil. That is outstanding growth coming into a new market. Because keep in mind, this company focuses and has many of their employees and main offices within the Southeast 
Asia market. And now they're going into LATAM, going into a competitor's home state, which is another share, uh, a company that I have a lot of shares of, which is Mercado Libre. So, for instance, we have imposed a stricter lockdown of the entire economic during the third quarter. During such lockdowns, we quickly have adapted to serving our users as much as possible while ensuring the safety and health of our employees. We've worked closely with the government to ensure the safety of our team and continue to serve our sellers and the buyers to the best of our ability. We've also launched various initiatives to assist the government and our market in rolling out our containment and vaccination efforts. And we continue on and they talk about how they've helped people in the communities embrace the digital economy and serving their needs with more consumers and small businesses to play a part in growing those economies and provide a sustainable digital economy in the Philippines, Malaysia, Indonesia. And now they're saying, let's take a look at the performance of each of our business segments. Starting with digital entertainment in the third quarter, Garena continues to solidify its position as one of the world's leading game developers and publishers as we've deepened engagement with our large and growing global user base. We've reported bookings of $1.2 billion, up 29% year over year. Adjusted EBITDA grew 22% from last year to reach $715 million. Quarterly active users were $729 million, representing year-on-year growth of 27%. And quarterly paying users hit $93 million, up 43% from last year. Our paying user ratio increased to 12.8% from 11.4% a year ago. Now I'm going to pause there. See, this is a freemium business model on this mobile game, Free Fire, which is the leading game. Now, of course, they do publishing for EA Sports and some of the main games there like FIFA and Madden for those locales in Southeast Asia. But they also create their own games. And, of course, Free Fire has been their cash cow, their ecosystem for gaming and eSports. And the fact that they've also increased their monthly average paying user or their paying user ratio to 12.8% is excellent. That they're continuing after two years of this game being out, actually maybe even a little longer than that, to continue to get people paying for in-game purchases and new experiences is excellent. And it says, uh, Britta is now serving some of the largest game communities globally. Okay, I think that might be an issue on the transcript there. And we are very focused on creating great experiences to engage and entertain and help friends and family spend time together. In particular, Free Fire's massive and highly engaged user base represents an exciting and growing opportunity for us. We continue to create high quality content so that our community can enjoy fresh and engaging experiences. For example, we introduced more new content that develops the storylines across the Free Fire universe and its characters to deepen user affinity. We launched an event staying around Marco with a focus on enriching the narrative around one of the most popular playable characters in Free Fire. We also had our first movie collaboration partnering. I believe the transcript has this butchered here, but it was the new Venom movie of Courage for Carnage. uh, Or I think it was something like that. It was the new Carnage movie to, to bring playable content into the Free Fire ecosystem. And we're also finding other creative ways to holistically engage our broader community through offline experiences. So you can see here, this is where it gets the buzzword of of the week, of the year. This is where it gets meta. And I know a good close friend of mine, Tony Ohayan, uh, part of the Pounding the Table crew, would, would love me jumping in and explaining this. The metaverse, right? This, this ecosystem of a blending of not only online community and gaming and interaction, but more of a hybrid. And and I think that we're never going to leave the real world. We're not going to just stay at home and be glued to our TVs 24-7, but there will be interaction that's more digitally based, both on the enterprise side. NVIDIA and the Omniverse has already shown this very successful in collaboration. And and of course, on the, the more consumer side with Oculus and the metaverse that Facebook or now Meta wants to create, but also all the different gaming that's been going on for years. And you can kind of take this back to what World of Warcraft was and and some of these legacy games, which were starting to create this digital online community where you would gather with your friends 
in this fake, you know, digital world to socialize and, and hang out. And we're seeing that more and more from our youth. Now, me personally, I think, you know, we definitely need some in-person interaction. Make sure we don't lose the that part of our our senses there. But this is going to happen whether you like it or not to some degree of of this a part of our world. And so they're already bringing offline and online together. So they said this week Free Fire will make it developed in the fashion world at Sao Paulo Fashion Week where 20 in-game skins will be brought to life at a fashion show. It was like this is a great way for us to connect with our users across different mediums and reinforce Free Fire's growing influence and importance both online and offline among our communities. Importantly, we continue to enhance a variety of game modes within Free Fire. In the third quarter, we launched 1 vs. 1, 2 vs. 2 mode, and we have seen significant adoption across the community. Players enjoying the simplicity of this mode because they offer a more casual and quicker game experience with a smaller group of brands. We are also introducing more diverse gameplay options within Free Fire, such as the recently launched Tasmania. This mode enables users to compete against their friends for another, other members for the community in vast, fast-paced casual games. Another highlight of the quarter was the global celebration around Free Fire's sports anniversary. Among other activities to celebrate this milestone with our community, we've worked with global artists to produce a theme song which has been streamed over 50 million times across various online platforms to date. So they're bringing this digital world that millions of players, over 729 to be exact last quarter, playing this video game and bringing music artists globally, right, from different countries and different popularity to create a theme song here. We talked about the new Venom movie and having having interactions there in a, in a fashion show with their skins. They are thinking outside the box of bringing the digital world to life in, in, in what similar what we've seen, how you look at comic books, right? We, we, we are superheroes in North America of what we've watched growing up as kids have now come to life on the big screen. And now there's things like Comic-Con and there's all these different TV shows, you know, in, in a way it's kind of similar is that, we're seeing them bring a culture based on the game that they have here. Now, this is one specific game that has a massive culture, but we'll talk about how they understand that and they will continue to build this out, but they also are focused on creating new games and new publishing, which really is, is encouraging and kind of kills that whole bear thesis of, well, you know, what, what if Free Fire dies off, right? And obviously the numbers show that I don't see that happening anytime soon. Now, at the end of the third quarter, we introduced Free Fire Max globally to a very strong reception of our community. That was their new offering. Free Fire Max offers an enhanced freebie experience through higher quality effects, animation, graphics, and features, but retaining the same grid gameplay because we're committed to empowering users everywhere. We've worked hard to ensure the players of both Free Fire and Free Fire Max can play together seamlessly. To make that possible, we develop proprietary in-house technology to guarantee complete integration between both Free Fire and Free Fire Max. This allows existing users of Free Fire to use the same account on Free Fire Max and sync account data across both apps, which which access, access to all game modes. With Free Fire Max, we have also incorporated a map editor feature called Cartland, Players can create their own unique maps and invite their friends to join them in paying within this custom map. So here they're they're allowing their users to create their own world, their own metaverse to hang out and and charge within the game. So going through these in-app purchases, right? And and we're going to see more as I go through this around the future of gaming also having the idea of blockchain being a part of that with these in-game applications and, and purchases and making it like a marketplace where you can buy and sell and transact all of these in-game skins and, and lands that you own and NFT. It's not something I'm very interested in doing as a 36-year-old dad and, and a full-time worker, but for those gamers out there, it is 
an experience and it is something that draws a massive amount of gamers into. So this enables us to tap into the creative power of our community. They have always been the source of our inspiration for the game and now they have an opportunity to create their own experiences within the game. It also is a powerful new way for friends to enjoy the game in the space that they've created together, which is a new and deeper dimension to our community building efforts. While still early, Free Fire Max will be an important component of the Free Bar platform by continuing to drive more engagement and experiences across our large and diverse user base. The positive community reception to this initiative is reflected in strong engagement across our markets. According to App, Free Fire was ranked second globally by average monthly active users for all mobile games on the Google Play Store in the third quarter. Free Fire also continued to be the highest growing mobile game in Southeast Asia, Latin America, and India. That's a lot of people, folks. Large, emerging, growing populations that still have so much more onboarding to internet connectivity and mobile use. So don't forget that. It has maintained this leading position in Southeast Asia and Latin America for nine consecutive quarters and in India for four consecutive quarters. In the U.S., Free Fire remained the highest growth in mobile battle royale games for the third quarter, third consecutive quarter, excuse me, and it was the second largest grossing mobile game on the Google Play Store across all game categories through the third quarter. So they're dominating in North America, they're dominating in Latin America, they're in India, Southeast Asia, and now they're getting into Europe. So that's pretty world domination right there in a way of mobile gaming with this one single gaming platform that is profitable. Given Free Fire's growing global popularity, we see significant opportunity to provide our community with many kinds of ways to enjoy Free Fire platform, and we continue to invest in building towards a long-lasting global franchise. Okay, so you can hear Forrest is thinking about long-term vision you know, you think about World of Warcraft, it's still going on. I think, I don't know when it came out, but I'm 36 and I have to say at least when I was in high school, it was there. So 20 years, I don't know, someone can fact check me on how long it's been out, but they are thinking long-term and that's what you want from a founder CEO. You want them to be a visionary. You want them to be investing in a long-term business model and not just looking at things short-term. And we'll see in the earnings call in the question and answer session on some comments he makes towards this. We're looking forward to a busy calendar of esports events towards the end of the year. Free Fire will be hosting the Free Fire Asia Championship and Free Fire EMEA Invitational at the end of this month. Additionally, the Rate of Value International Championship will be held in the coming weeks. We believe this exciting lineup of esports tournaments will further drive engagement across our communities. We're also very focused on growing our global reach and building a games pipeline that ensures we can capture the most promising and valuable long-term trends in online gaming. There's that long-term word again, or phrase. Our growing global presence across diverse, high-growth markets give us important local insights and strong local operational capabilities, and our in-house development team is tapping into this as they work on both existing games and new ideas. Moreover, given our proven global track record, we have received more interest from studio teams to build strategic relationships with us. So I'm going to pause there because that's huge. If you could think about what studios like EA Sports or, you know, Activision or anything that's out there of, of large capacity, if they were to partner and start thinking about how to integrate Free Fire within their games in this ecosystem, in this metaverse. It, this is the part of investing where you have to have an imagination if you're a long-term investor. You can't just pigeonhole your investment into just what they are today. That's what I, I would leave us with on that sentence there. As such, our pace of investment in and partnership with game studios worldwide has, I think maybe just what they meant there is has grown. Now, moving to e-commerce, shopping continues to grow more, much more quickly than the overall market as we deliver ever greater value to our sellers and buyers. In the third quarter, Shopee recorded gap revenue of 134% from last year to reach $1.5 billion. It also recorded gross orders of $1.7 billion, up 123% year on year. 
This is the ninth consecutive quarter of triple-digit year-on-year order growth for Shopee. Shopee's gross market value was $16.8 billion. So that's the overall total amount of, of orders, order revenue, or I'm sorry, market value of gross orders that, that they got, right? They don't see that all as but that, that's, that's the, the stat there. An increase of 81% since last year. With monetization continuing to improve, gap revenue as a percentage of total gross margin value, or gross market value, I apologize, rose to 8.6% from 6.7%. So once again, more growth. The stronger monetization was driven by growth across our revenue streams, including value-added services, transaction-based fees, and advertising revenue. In view of Shopee's performance, we are again raising our full year guidance for e-commerce. We now expect e-commerce gap revenue to be between 5 and 5.2 billion, representing over 135% growth from 2020 at the midpoint of revised guidance. Okay, so I know we're going in a very granular pace here on everything, but I want you to understand how they focused on their first main foundational pillar and still are growing revenues and margins with Garena. Now they've moved to e-commerce and e-commerce has been something that Forestly has been constantly working on to grow market share, use the Amazon type business model, and then when they deem necessary, they can turn that profit model on. But right now they're reinvesting in the business and you can see that by spending money going into Poland, going into France, going into Spain, going into India. That's what you want out of a founder-led CEO and company for getting market share in e-commerce. It's all about getting the customer because that's truly the product because then you can get all of your other solutions sold to them if they have a great experience and are buying things on your platform. It's going back to that e-commerce ecosystem and platform approach. So back to the call. Our previous e-commerce gap revenue guidance was between 4.7 billion and 4.9 billion. As with Garena, Shopee is focused on deepening engagement with our users as a winning strategy. We're helping sellers be more competitive. For example, we've rolled out more features, tools, and services to help them build engagement with their customers and grow their business. We recently launched a seller mission an incentive program that rewards sellers with privilege as they complete certain tasks. That's brilliant to set a certain set of tasks for that business owner to complete, which you know will make them a better business and will ultimately drive more customer base to that business, which ultimately grows your GMV, which grows your awareness of all your other platforms and, and pieces of your ecosystem. I just love this This adoption of like what Shopify has with Toby Luque over there and making sure that their small, medium businesses that they serve and enable are successful. The program damnifies, mm, I don't think that was the right word in the transcript, the experience of sellers as it guides them through features and tools on shopping. They, oh, gamifies, there we see translation there. They can use to become a better seller. We also introduced the tools like Listing Optimizer, which helps sellers identify listings that can be improved and how they improve them. These initiatives help sellers grow on the Shopee platform and create better experiences for our buyers too. We also recently celebrated the first anniversary of Shopee Premium, a dedicated based offering on Shopee for select brand partners in the luxury segment. Since launch, we've doubled the number of Shopee Premium brands, through a more immersive shopping experience, Shopee Premium helps brands share their stories and build deep, personalized relationships with buyers. Hmm, kind of sounds like a little bit like Instagram in a way, right? Sharing your story, having your, your influencers. And we know that Ronaldo is one of their celebrities who does advertise for Shopee. And for our buyers, we continue to roll out captivating content and activities, such as other, uh, such as our hugely popular double-digit sales. Last week, Shopee had a fantastic double 11 shopping experience and results. It was a widespread success, paraphrasing there for, for the call. It was especially heartening to see an uplift in participation from consumers in rural and smaller towns as they enjoyed the convenience and a wide assortment on Shopee. 
Additionally, our new local sellers also benefited through a substantial increase in sales during the period. These shopping face tables showed the numerous ways in which we serve and engage our community, and its success exemplified Shopee's strengthening position as, or as the go-to marketplace for our consumers. Our focus on engagement and adding value for our community is the key factor in our sustained strong user metrics. So one of the things that you can look at their business model, you know, if I was a college student writing about this business and, and the model they use that, that has been driving all the success, I would focus in on the engagement and the user experience and, and this, this focus on culture and experience of and how it's really bled in like what we've experienced here in North America with Amazon of I buy everything online, most most of my stuff. I, I, I get my music from Amazon. I don't play their Amazon games, but because I don't have a lot of time to play games, but you get what I'm saying here, right? Like, so they're focused on a community. They're focused on an experience. They're focused on and also doing it in local locale, right? You know, how customers operate and cultures operate in Indonesia is completely different than which is different than Mexico or Brazil. So the fact that they've done this and done it so quickly in the last three years, did you know that they've actually grown their employee count from 10,000 employees to 33,000? That's unreal to have that kind of onboarding and growth all the while still putting up these numbers that exemplifies a leadership team and execution and a winning culture at a company. Back to the call. According to f &E, globally on Google Play, Shopee ranked first in the shopping category by total time spending app and second by downloads on average monthly active users in the third quarter. Shopee also continued to be the top ranked app in the shopping category in both Southeast Asia and Taiwan by average monthly active users and the total time spending app during the quarter. Shopee was the leading app across the same metrics in Indonesia, where we recorded another quarter of triple-digit year-on-year growth. Shopee also continued to make good progress in Brazil. In the third quarter, it was once again ranked first by downloaded and total TAM spending, and second by average monthly active users for the shopping category, according to FMB. While Brazil is still a young market for us, our local teams are focused on better understanding our growing community of local buyers and sellers and improving the experience we offer them. We believe that our deepening engagement with the local community is a promising sign of this market's long-term potential for shopping. Shopee's total addressed EBITDA loss per order across all markets was $0.41 cents in the third quarter. As we have said previously, we're committed to investing efficiently and growing in a sustainable manner across all markets as Shopee scales. And with that in mind, we are pleased to note that adjusted EBITDA loss per order improved both on year-on-year -year and quarter-on-quarter -quarter basis in Southeast Asia and Taiwan combined as well as in Shopee's other markets in total combination. Looking ahead, we are prudently and efficiently exploring how to maximize our largest addressable opportunities, giving our growing market position. Okay, so they're thinking big. They're thinking about where's the biggest opportunity? Where's the biggest market? In the recent months, we launched Shopee in Poland, France, Spain, and India. From time to time, we may test the waters in new markets where we believe there may be an opportunity to use our experience in highly diverse environments to reach underserved buyers and sellers. On one hand, our core focus remains managing our efficient and sustainable growth in Southeast Asia, Taiwan, and Brazil, where we have established and are continuing to grow our strong presence serving local sellers and buyers. Okay, so they haven't taken their eye off the ball of where their, their main customer base is, where they have proven success, where they have to defend their home turf, and then they're also going in trying to get Mercado Libre's home turf in Brazil. On the other hand, the opportunities we can address through efficiently leveraging the Shopee platform in existing markets and expanding into new markets have increased. We will continue to exercise prudence and maintain flexibility as we pursue the significant growth opportunities with accelerating investments, turning to our digital financial service businesses. C-Money recorded excellent results in the third quarter. The total payment volume of our mobile wallet services grew by 111% year-on-year to reach $4.6 billion. Quarterly paying users of our mobile wallet services increased to over $39 million, 
up 120% year on year. One of our key areas of focus is expanding the number of use cases for our mobile wallet so that we can serve more businesses and add greater value for our users. In the recent months, we've partnered with more online and offline merchants such as Google Play in Malaysia, Bluebird Taxi in Indonesia, Sanlimark, sorry, Sanlimark in Thailand, Thailand, <laughs> and Locate Cinema in Vienna. As we grow the number of use cases, we are naturally seeing an increase in consumer adoption of our mobile wallet as more people grow to appreciate the ease and the convenience that our platform offers. And as our user base grows, we see growing interest from merchants wanting to work with us, creating a positive flywheel effect and that we believe will drive increasingly efficient growth for C-Money. See, that's what I want to see. I want to see from a owner and a, and a business of, of thinking things like a flywheel effect where one thing is a catalyst for another from a sales and revenue and gross margin perspective. Palantir operates like this. Amazon op operates like this. There's, there's so many businesses out there. Shopify. Okay, back to the call. Besides our mobile wallet business, we have launched early initiatives in other digital financial services, such as buy now, pay later. Okay, we know that's a big area. Affirm, can't even remember, Afterpay. There's so many that, that, that do this now. Digital bank and insure tech. So they're getting into not only digital banking, but also insurance. It's almost like a super app, right? And we've heard PayPal talk about how they want to have. And this is where the growth is in emerging markets. There's over 3 billion people in the world that still don't have mobile internet and mobile phone connection. So think about as 5G rolls out and satellite and everything else that we're, we're seeing technology push boundaries further, how this can be the ecosystem in these emerging markets. These products are still in the early development phase, and we are currently focused on strengthening our models and operations in line with our mission to serve the underserved segment in our market. We intend to roll out more of these digital financial products in a thoughtful manner and with our customer read focus on long-term sustainable growth. I've seen long-term so many times in this earnings call mentioned. That breeds confidence for me that that is what the leadership team is focused on and not making irrational decisions. And we'll see how he answers some questions in the question section around this. We're excited about significant long-term growth potential of the opportunity that C-Money addresses. And we believe we are well positioned to serve this opportunity by building on our strong technology core and our unique insights and relationship with customers and businesses across our markets. Last but not least, I'm very pleased to announce Chris Bong's appointment as C-Group president effective January 1st. Chris is an exceptional business leader who has delivered outstanding results and deeply imports our values, uh, our core values, together with the rest of the leadership team and our hugely talented team have not only driven our business forward, but also significantly further this mission to better the lives of consumers, small businesses with technology. Going forward, Chris will continue to directly report to me and operate our shoppy and see money businesses. But in addition, as group president, Chris will work closely with me and the rest of the group of leadership team on our long-term strategic initiatives with an increasing focus on synergy creation across our various businesses. That's what we want to see in an ecosystem, in a platform, in a flywheel, right? Synergy, uh, cross-sell, upsell, maximizing customer share of wallet. In closing, our first core value at C is reserved, and this continues to inform everything we do. We believe that technology holds the greatest potential to improve people's lives, and we believe that in the current environment, our commitment to serving the unmet needs of our communities through technology has never been more important. In the quarters ahead, we will continue to focus on connecting communities, enabling consumers, and empowering small businesses so that more people can benefit from the growth of the digital economy. With that, I will invite Tony to discuss our financials. Okay, so we already pretty much talked a lot about the different financials. They just drilled down a little further, but I, I want to pause here and just kind of sum up some some highlights, okay? I think we're maybe like 15 minutes in here. I really like how Forrest is thinking long-term, sustainable growth, customer obsession, and making sure that we monetize and make it a great user experience, and our services are providing value to those customers so that they want to 
use other services we offer. And that's how you get high NPS scores, high net revenue retention, and, and higher gross margins. So I'll finish up here on the financials and then we'll actually jump into some of these answers are pretty long on on the Q&A. So I might have to skip those and just tell you guys to go check out the Q&A on Fincredible so you can actually see that. So I do want to be very respectful of your guys' time if you're still listening with me. So thank you, Forrest, and thank you for everyone for joining the call. We've included detailed financial schedules together with the corresponding management analysis in today's press release. For C, overall total gap revenue increased 122% year over year to $2.7 billion. This was mainly driven by growth in the scale of our e-commerce business as we continue to deepen the engagement with our users as well as the growth of digital entertainment business and especially our self-developed game, Free Fire. Digital entertainment bookings grew 29% year over year to $1.2 billion. Gap revenue was up 93% to $1.1 billion. And the growth was primarily driven by the increase of our active user base and deepening user penetration as we continue to engage with the community through quality content and immersive experiences. When you think about immersive experiences, you think, once again, metaverse. Think about all the different things that, that optionality that's not there today that they could possibly branch into, right? They have a whole division for C, artificial intelligence. What are they doing behind there? They haven't talked anything about C, AI in this call. They haven't talked a lot about C Capital or even their food delivery service for that matter. And then they said digital entertainment adjusted EBITDA was $715 million. This represents year-on-year growth of 22% and was mainly driven by top line. So I'll just sum it up with an exceptional quarter. This business is customer obsessed. They are not going to rush into any markets. In fact, one of the, I can just sum up some of the, the question and answering of just what was asked? One of the questions was asked around, you know, can you give us some numbers on what you're going to do in France and, and Poland and, and all these other new countries? And Forrest's answer was, we're really focused on our core competencies and our core areas right now, but we're testing new waters. I have no numbers to give you, but we're going to first focus on where we're, we're growing market size and where our efforts are focused. I think he was playing it close to the vest. I think that don't want to put all the cards on the table. Another one question was asked around what are they doing with C Capital? How much are they spending? You know, didn't divulge anything there. And then I really like a sentence here that just came out on the, on the questions. Let me pull it up here. It says, we believe that we've gained a deep operational experience in operating in different markets as well as outstanding, as well as outstanding of our business model focusing on mobile native, social commerce, social commerce driven and long tail high diverse categories can't read today that's so especially the local sellers and buyers who might be underserved in their existing markets however of course we we remain very humble being humble is one of our core values and in fact we consume tell ourselves or assume i think that's the word in transit uh, tell ourselves that we need to be careful and evaluate all market opportunities as we learn Okay, evaluate all market opportunities as we learn. At the same time, we should develop a localized and tailored solution for each market. We don't want to make any assumptions. This is just so wise, forward-thinking, and, and patiently building a plan and a vision where they're not rushing into any markets. They understand the cultural differences in different countries, and there is a finesse about that to have the right employees, the right go-to-market. This is not easy going in and taking an e-commerce business and a even adapting a, a mobile video game because they have it in so many different languages and, and there, there's color variations and other things and cultures you have to be mindful of. There, there's just so much that goes into being a global entity and they're doing it on three facets that we have visibility to with, with the gaming, the e-commerce, and the fintech, and two of them are still on their, you know, you know, just starting out on their trajectory, especially the fintech with Shopee Pay or sorry, C Money. So I'm going to end it there. Hopefully, this has been extremely helpful in just seeing, you know, what I look for in a company. 
and I'm going to be adding to my position. I want, I mean, I, even if it drops, I want to keep building into this position. Um, hoping it stays low at the, you know, it's only at like a 13, 14% discount from all all time highs. But I, I think I want to add some more tomorrow. And then if it pulls back, you know, more as, you know, typically we see in the market, sometimes we see January, February, March, those time areas of pullbacks. Once again, this is not recommendation advice. This is for entertainment and education only, not telling you to buy or sell this. But for me personally, uh, I want to build my position further. And and based off of this earnings call and just doing this kind of deep dive in the earnings call and the financials. And then uh, too, something else I didn't mention, they also quietly invested $425 million in the crypto platform FTX, which is, is getting all kinds of funding they have over 25 billion dollars that they've been funded it's uh, what you've seen on the commercials with with Giselle and Tom Brady and 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 everyone else um so they they recognize that crypto is a, is a play here long term and they're putting their money there and then they also just spent millions of dollars investing in Forte which is a blockchain gaming company that is enabling the ecosystem to do in-game app purchases in a more sustainable manner using NFTs and crypto. And I see that as a very expansive play. They've already raised close to a billion dollars. This So that gives you insight into their focus. And they wouldn't, they, they asked a question like, you know, they wanted the, the analysts wanted more information on that, but they were keeping the cards close to the vest there. But you have to have an imagination when you invest in growth companies and you have to think, what are the other possibilities? Because if you're just focused on what they do today, it's going to be really tough to grow into those valuations. So me personally, I've said it for you know at least a year and a half. This is definitely a trillion dollar market cap. It's, it's only $188 billion right now. I, I think that they have the growth trajectory to definitely get there. And they're predicted to get profitable by, I think, by the end of the next two years. And then generating a free cash flow of a billion dollars a year. So they can then reinvest that in other ways. So I just want to say thank you for making it this far in the podcast. Drop me some feedback. You know, send me a DM at Twitter at Dominic Rinaldi9 or leave some comments on the message side of Spotify or give a review on Apple Podcasts. I just really would like to know do you guys like this kind of level of very specific deep dives? Or would you like it more high level and shorter content? So uh, I want to make sure that this is a podcast of the people. And thank you again for listening. And I'll talk to you soon. And remember, it's never too late to start dominating your investments. So once again, thanks for listening in to dominating your investments. And remember, it's never too late to start. So I hope this helps you get some encouragement on how to look at a company from a qualitative and quantitative perspective. And if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter uh, at Dominic Rinaldi nine and give me a follow and look forward to uh, providing more content like this on my podcast. Now for the disclaimer, dominating your investment is for entertainment and educational purposes only. This should not be taken as financial advice and is just that of my opinion on investing. If you found that informational helpful and entertaining in today's interview, you can also give me a follow at Dominic Rinaldi 9. Thank you again for listening. And remember, it's never too late to start dominating your investments.